me just remember, try and say this name again. Buffthalmum salicifolium. Buffthalmum salicifolium. Okay. All right. Hello and welcome. I'm Eric. And I'm John. And this is the Wikipedia Chronicles. where we start with a random article, explore it, then we follow the links and see where it takes us. Today's starting topic is Buffthalmum salicifolium. So John, why don't you start us off and tell us what exactly this crazy thing is. Well, Buffthalmum salicifolium is a flowering plant in the Aster family. It's more commonly known by the name Oxeye. It sort of looks like a dandelion, except it mm. kind of has a more uh, freestanding head to the flower. Yeah. It would be sort of like uh, looking at a dandelion, but you would have a clear sort of center of the flower, and mm. there wouldn't be any sort of flowery petals on the top of it. You'd be able to, it's right. just sort of a flat flower, as opposed to the dandelion sort of half spherical shape. Mm-hmm. So it has yellow ray florets with two to four tips at the teeth. Well, strike that. Reverse it. Two to four teeth at the tips and tubular yellow disc florets at the center to give you nerdier types a better <laughs> idea of what we're talking about here. Personally, I don't know what that means, but there's not links to it, so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're not going to find out right now. Yeah. Oh, well, okay. Um, we could... Hmm. Well, we, we could see what Buffthalmum is. That is the genus. Or we could go to the broader family of Asteraceae. Asteraceae? Aster... I don't know how to say the uh, A-E thing. Asteraceae, I think, yeah. Okay. Like an A-Y type of sound. I'm interested to see what else might be in this family. I'm kind of curious to see if this is in the same family as the dandelion oh. itself. Yeah, that's true. It looks like it, it could be. really should be, honestly. Alright, well, let's go to Asteraceae. Asteraceae. <laughs> Alright. Wow. Some very similar looking flowers in this family, for sure. Okay, it looks like Daisy is one of the members of this family. Oh, so it's not a dandelion. It's more of a daisy flower. Yeah. Oh, and in terms of number of species, it is only rivaled by the orchidaceae. Oh, so orchids. So orchids mm -hmm. are the only ones that outnumber this family. 23,000 accepted species. That's a lot of species. Yes, it is. I can see why it's only second to orchids. I mean, I've seen a... I'm not even really into looking at flowers a lot. Every mm -hmm. once in a while, I go down to, like, Longwood Gardens or something, mm -hmm. and I sort of just kind of roam around there with friends or family or what have right. you. And it's fascinating to see the different kinds, but mm -hmm. 
I can tell you there's a lot of different kinds of orchids. So <laughs> if you had told me that the yeah. daisy, of all things, was rivaling that in its varieties, I would have said, nah. <laughs> but it's actually pretty, it seems like the numbers are actually pretty close. Yeah. If we go over to the orchid article, there's only 26,000 species of those. So, mm. I mean, there's only a 3,000 species difference. Just still a lot of species. Yeah. But uh, a lot of variety in the daisy gene pool, it would look like. Okay, interesting here. Um, apparently, they these plants in this family provide many different... Um, applications such as cooking oils, lettuce, lettuce, sunflower seeds, artichokes, mm-hmm. sweetening agents, coffee substitutes, and mind. herbal teas. Um, I didn't know that coffee substitutes was a thing. Yeah, that's interesting. And, and that's no one link. of those that doesn't have a link. <laughs> Come on, man. That's probably the most interesting thing on that list, and it doesn't have a link, which bums me out because... I know that there's, like, decaffeinated coffee, but I was not aware that there was such a thing as, like, an alternative to coffee because what is there other than coffee? Yeah, I mean, I understand that maybe coffee is, you know, an irritant to some people. Yeah. But beyond that, I I never knew that people had actually found an alternative (laughs) to coffee. That's very strange. Uh, I really wish we could look into that further, but at the Mm -hmm. bottom of that paragraph, I have one thing to say as a footnote. (laughs) I am victorious. Dandelions are a freaking part of this freaking family. I was right. Boom. Done. Well done. Yes. Feels good to be able to kind of infer things sometimes <laughs> you know you don't always get the opportunity to do that whenever you're sitting in front of a, a large computer database of things <laughs> let's see if we can get some kind of a list of notable flowers from this family there's a lot of um, like proper scientific names in this article <laughs> you know there are and it makes me kind of rue the prospect of being a taxonomist or <laughs> one who would have to come up with all of these fancy sciencey words for mm. little bits and pieces of flower families because there's subsets upon subsets of species and names and families mm-hmm. within uh, uh, it just goes on and on and on it must but, be a very daunting task oh yeah for sure there is one vernacular here though that jumps out at me if you go down to the see also section of the article here Mm -hmm. on our friends the asterisay you see a link to damned yellow composite (laughs) which is (laughs) something that's kind of interesting in the midst of a sea of academic terms (laughs) (laughs) you have uh, a link to something called damned yellow composite yeah that's uh that's definitely interesting. Hmm. Though, before we get too carried away at that, let's look at a couple of other things that I'm seeing as I scroll down and up through the article here. This genre, this, not genre of flower, family, <laughs> species, what is this, a family? Uh, this is family, yes. Family, okay. It is not just dandelions, it is not just daisies, it's sunflowers, 
it, it, apparently it's artichokes, it's zinnias, it's um, absinthe. They're, the Wormwood family is underneath this family as well. So it's huge, huge. Hmm. Well, with 23,000 species, you'd figure it had to be. Yeah, but I didn't think it encompassed like uh, half of the ones that you knew, which it seemed, <laughs> it really does seem to. Chamomile is on here. Oh. There's tea, tea substitute for you at least. Mm -hmm. uh, chrysanthemums. Um, and these are just some of the more, you know, renowned ones that I'm picking up. Ambrosia, that's on here as well. Tarragon, that's from this family. Mm. Oh, wait, here we go. Under characteristics, they're mostly a herbaceous plant. Shrubs, trees, and climbers do exist. But um, they're generally easy to distinguish from other plants because of their inflorescence and other characteristics. And it says here, the last sentence, however, determining genera and species is notoriously difficult. See, damned yellow composite, for example. <laughs> All right, so we do have a kind of an, a point of origin for the term damned yellow composite then. That's encouraging. <laughs> So, so it must be just like there's so many species and people are just like, oh, not another one of these things. Yeah, yeah. I guess it's kind of heralding back to what I said about uh, the fact that I'm not envious of taxonomists <laughs> who have yeah. to go through and name all these things. And they're not envious of themselves. They hate <laughs> these things. They're tired of finding them. They don't want to have to figure <laughs> out another weird like extension of the word that they've already <laughs> created for this family for them to go into. Family's too big. Too too crowded, too big. Get them mm. out of here. <laughs> but they have to. It's uh, if it falls into the category. Well, I don't know. Maybe let's jump over to damned yellow composite. See what's what that's all about. Yeah, let's experience some taxonomist ennui here. <laughs> let's get some real angst going. Aha! A damned yellow composite, or DYC, is a jocular reference to the difficulty of distinguishing many of the numerous species of composite flowers mm. from the family Asteraceae. It is sometimes reserved for those yellow composites of no particular interest. <laughs> <laughs> Notable individuals who refer to these difficult yellow composites as damned yellow composites include Oliver Sacks and Lady Bird Johnson. <laughs> Lady That's right. Bird Johnson. Lady Bird Johnson, the lady who is responsible for literally... I would say about 50% of the pretty flowery medians you <laughs> see going on interstate highways through any state in the Union is somebody who got so frustrated that she decided to call these things damn yellow composites. And it doesn't even end there because you can also apply the term damn the white composites to <laughs> just as many flowers because they are equally as frustrating, it would seem, mm -hmm. just as many as those. Yeah, they do look very, very similar here. If you look at the picture of the several different examples, yep. they all have that same little center and then all these flowering petals, and at least half of them are yellow. Yeah. And I can definitely understand being like, well, I have no idea which one this one is. 
because they're all very much the same. There are very tiny variances in the width and the length and the, the pointiness of the pedals, but they're not very different at all. Yeah. Well, this article is sort of a stub, but why exactly is the See Also section including links to Little Brown Mushroom and Little Brown Job? <laughs> Those seem completely unrelated <laughs> to this. Well, Little Brown Job is, says is a bird. My guess is that those are also terms people have applied to difficult to tell apart. Hey, hey Eric, look at that little brown job on the <laughs> Daniel composite over there. Uh, yeah, it's right next to that little brown mushroom thing. <laughs> <laughs> like, I guess this is just when uh, taxonomists were doing good work all day long and they said, you know what, I'm taking a break. <laughs> Who cares? I'm not see that duty. see that colored thing next to this <laughs> thing that has a color? Okay. Hey, look, I found another one of these yellow flowers. Oh, good. Add it to the other 23,000. <laughs> we can see them, like, shaking each other down, like, don't you dare find another one of those. Don't find another one. <laughs> put it back. You bury it. <laughs> We're done here. <laughs> it's just an, if you see one that looks a little bit different, it doesn't matter. It's just one of the other ones that we've already seen that's just grown a little weird, and that's fine. Sir, when I went to taxonomy it. school, I didn't sign up for this. <laughs> My job is to name every one of these last things. Oh, <laughs> uh, God. Why? Why? All right. Well, should we check out Little Brown Mushroom, Little Brown Job, or Lady Bird Johnson? <laughs> um, Which also seems sort of like a generic name for Lady Birds. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. There's also a reference to Jocular here, if you want to... <laughs> steer away entirely from uh, from uh, forested life. I wonder how they decide in these articles which things get links and which things don't because well, there's a Wikipedia article for near about everything. What it, what would happen if you went in and edited one of these articles and just put a link for every single word that you could article? link? Yeah. I think you might get banned from Wikipedia. <laughs> I think somebody's had to have tried that. But oh, I just noticed this um, <laughs> this thing here. Under uh, that last thing that you talked about with um, changing yellow to white for right, right. damned white flowers, mm -hmm. there's a little note here says, according to whom? <laughs> 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 like, the, you know, they have those little notes, one, two, three, four, etc., like showing references of where they got the information, but then according to whom... If you hover over the according to whom, a little drop-down text appears stating that the material near this tag may use weasel words <laughs> for too vague attribution. Which is something that I'm sure some people who listen and uh, use Wikipedia a lot already know, but I just wanted to say weasel words when it comes right down to it. <laughs> well, it doesn't really tell us who it is according to, uh, but I mean... You know, you would be able to infer that since this picture that shows us some of the species of Asterisae has half yellow flowers, and since a third of them are white flowers, that DWC mm -hmm. would also be a thing. Mm -hmm. The damned white composite would also be a thing. Right. I could totally see that being plausible. So according well. to whom? According to me. I don't know. <laughs> cite me on it. Who cares? 
I'm sure we could find a reference somewhere on the internet and fix this article. Hey, what if we did that? What if we just, like, fixed what we were on for a change? We could try that. All right, so if we type damned white composite into Google... (laughs) Ah, no. Uh, The Wikipedia article that we're already on (laughs) is the first thing. Well, there is a second thing here. What if I go to Google Scholar first, huh? And then look up damned white composite through there. Ah, right. My crucial error is that damned white composite would be a jocular term, not an academic term. (laughs) Therefore, looking up academic papers on them would not uh, be helpful. Eh. Eh, Maybe it's too much work to try and fix this. Maybe this damned white composite is actually (laughs) Wikipedia. Maybe we just need to fix it another day. Maybe we just need to give up. (laughs) Just let it be. Bury the other cleric. Let's yeah. leave. All right, let's let's jump off this boat. All right, I I don't know. Little brown job, little mu- brown mushroom, Ladybird Johnson. Oh boy, you know what? Little brown job. All right, little brown job. Let's make our biology a little bit more complex. Oh shoot. Oh, even more. Stub. That was a stubby stub <laughs> there. Well, a little brown job or LBJ is an informal name commonly used by birders for any of the large number of species or small brown passerine birds, many of which are notoriously difficult to distinguish. This Hmm. is especially true for females, which lack much of the coloring present in males. So, this leaves us with very few options. We could explore what passerine birds are, or or we we could could go back to damn deal composite. We could also go to Little Brown Mushroom, which, again... Uh, uh, may be more of a stub than this one. It probably would be. Because it just says... It it tells us in the see also section of this article that it's just a similar term for difficult (laughs) to identify mushrooms. Yeah. So, how about... Well, we could do birders as well. If we want to explore the subculture that is people (laughs) who watch birds. We could be the watchers of the bird watchers. Uh, Who watches the bird watchers, Eric? We do. Yes. We do. We we should be bird watcher watchers. Somebody's got to watch them. You know? Yeah. See if we can spot the different types of bird watchers. There's probably quite a few. Yeah. It might get frustrating, though. We might have to come up with some colloquial terms to... Uh, True. Sort of vent our frustrations at the uh, <laughs> perilous undertaking of finding all of the different kinds of bird mm-hmm. watchers there are. We would have to come up with scientific names as well as the common terminology. True enough. So we would have to start at the taxonomy mm-hmm. for humans and then use the similar Latin roots to describe things such as uh, coloring, uh, distinguishable uh, features such mm-hmm. as are they wearing a coat? <laughs> Do they have shoes on? Mm-hmm. If so, are they made of Italian leather? If not... Mm-hmm. I think Italian leather might actually be pretty easy to make into a sort of Latin-y word. I mean, yeah, probably. Italian came, uh, uh, Italy is where Latin came from. So, mm-hmm. you know, maybe <laughs> it could be feasible. <laughs> well, maybe we, we should uh, investigate the culture of birders before we uh, <laughs> surmise that we are capable of such an undertaking. True. Let's let's go into that. All right. Birders. Hmm. You really get around. There's apparently a film 
called Bird Watchers, and a rock band called the Bird Watchers. Whoa. <laughs> For the killing of birds, see hunting. Oh, not bird hunting. <laughs> oh, so that's what it's called. <laughs> oh, that's what you call when you kill an animal. All right. Very good. Okay, so we have an uh, example of Homo sapiens sapien floridae uh, <laughs> on the page. That's the first uh, species of bird watcher we see. These two seem to be uh, ones. The the one in the white is uh, white and gray. He's a, he's of a taller disposition than Homo sapiens sapien florae <laughs> junior, which is in blue, mm. and he's much shorter. So that must be the adolescent <laughs> of the species. But uh, they appear to be uh, sacrificing their front two limbs to mm -hmm. the use of binoculars perpetually. and uh, They're looking at different directions, too. Yes. They're trying to cover all of the possible uh, field of vision that mm -hmm. they can with their binoculars. Uh, it seems like that might be a trait that we might want to continue to observe in the future. True. Uh, they may just naturally populate themselves this way hmm. the homo sapiens sapien floridae bird watchere uh, <laughs> <laughs> but they uh, <laughs> they do seem to be very adamant about searching for other birds around where they are mm -hmm. so much so that the binoculars have practically for all intents and purposes fused with their face yeah, you, yeah. Wow. That's quite a find for a Wikipedia article. Mm -hmm. We didn't even have to go outside for that one. <laughs> that was good. Okay. Well. So, yeah, it, look, it looks like bird watching obviously is watching birds. Okay. And it can be done either just looking with your bare naked eyes or by looking through binoculars, which zooms in on whatever you're looking at. Or telescopes, or by listening to the sounds of the birds, which would be a lot more difficult, I would think. Actually, it says here that it makes it easier. Really? Apparently, it's easier to determine birds by their sound than it is to determine them hmm. by their look. I would not have guessed. Yeah, I wouldn't have either, because... To me, it sounds... I, I'm a very unattuned ear, obviously, <laughs> but, man, it sounds like a bird when a bird is tripping. That, that's, <laughs> what, that's what I think. I mean, yeah. every once in a while, I can, you know, you can distinguish a crow from a morning right. dove from an owl I, from I an can eagle. Determine but basic, yeah, like the call of a crow or like a hawk, you know, but getting down to like birds that are just singing their little morning song there's no way to I don't know at least for me to distinguish between different types of chippering chirping yeah yeah it doesn't seem it doesn't seem very differentiated to me honestly whenever I'm listening to it in the morning it's uh so I mean I guess it's easier for him though <laughs> I guess since we yeah. can kind of name some birds off the top of our heads that we right. know of that make certain sounds I guess if you continue along those lines it's just not something I personally have put mm -hmm. a lot of thought into it's a very recent uh, sort of profession or I yeah. guess hobby it seems the term bird watcher was first used in 1891 <laughs> yeah that's not very old at all 
No. It says here, bird was introduced as a verb in 1918. To bird. The act of bird watching? <laughs> I guess so. Huh. I bird. I bird. You bird. Bird, bird, bird. Bird is the word. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. Okay. So, gonna go ahead and recant that whole recent hobby thing. Check out Shakespeare, Gil. Hmm. In Shakespeare's The Merry Wives of Windsor, which dates us back to 1602 now, there's a line that says, and I quote, She laments, sir. Her husband goes this morning a-birding. So, there you go. Back in 1602, birding was, like so many other words in the English language, introduced to us by way of Shakespeare. Now, this is interesting... Um, in North America, birders differentiate themselves from bird watchers. Why? I do not know. Let me just take a look here. Okay, the distinction is perceived as one of dedication or intensity. So I guess the birders are much more into it and down to like the nitty gritty and you know, they know all the different species and, you know, subcategories and all the crazy stuff. Maybe bird watchers are just like, hey, that's a hawk. Hey, that's a sparrow. <laughs> <laughs> it seems to stand to reason because it looks like there's actually some controversy amongst the bird watching community about the uh, use of the term bird watching because bird watching seems to be ambiguous. It just seems to describe a person who's watching birds for any mm. reason at all, whereas going birding or a birder doesn't exclude the auditory element, which is apparently, as you get more professional with it, mm. how you start to really distinguish yourself as <laughs> a uh, upper echelon birder. So you don't want to use the term <laughs> bird watcher because it sort of puts off to the side one of the major elements mm. that becomes essential for you as a birder. And I guess that's why. It seems a little pompous to me, but, you know, <laughs> there, there's, there's well, a lot of that out there. Yeah, I mean, every subculture and, you know, like, hobby has its own subsection of... Vernacular, really. Yeah, and, like, elite members who Ranks. hold themselves above others... But I think you kind of have to, to to brood that kind of interest, that kind of society. You have to True. have a rank system where you're like, okay, well, I don't know this. Who can I go to that will? Mm. And after a certain point, that gets harder and harder. You need to have somebody who, like, well, I already know all this stuff about birds. If I don't know this, who's going to? <laughs> oh, there's a birder above mm -hmm. me. I'm only a bird watcher. I've obtained all the information I can from looking at birds. How do I get up further? I go to a birder. I learn the auditory side of things. <laughs> Boom. Done. Back in action. There you go. There is quite a bit of very unique vernacular to mm -hmm. bird watching, though. Or, uh, pardon me, to birding. I feel like <laughs> I should... I, I'm no longer... <laughs> I'm no longer in the bird watching camp. I'm not even sort of closer to being a better birder. And I'm already more convinced that I should be using the term birder instead of bird watcher. <laughs> Now, should we now distinguish between bird watcher watching and birder watching? But what if we're listening to the birders as well? That's the thing that we'd have to determine if 
if we can hear the difference between a birder and a bird watcher, then those are two families that we right. have to distinguish right now. That's so true. We have Homo oh, sapien bird watcher and Homo sapien sapien birder. Yeah, and w- once we hear, I think the vernacular of talking about uh, the birds' specific like flight patterns and all right. kinds of you know details about that bird's existence, then we can. De- Determine. Oh, okay. Yeah, this is a birder, not a bird watcher. I think that's a safe. I think it's a safe bet. That's a good thing. Let's just jot that down really quick. Okay. Set aside for when we go bird. Well, we need that. We need a bird, term. Birdering. Birdering. Birder. We, we would be a birderer. No, we we are. <laughs> we are a birderer. I am a birderer. You are a birderer. Together we are birderers. We and are we brother murderers. We go birdering. <laughs> we go bird. Well, we go birder. Yeah, birdering. Because the birders are the birders are the ones that we're watching. <laughs> so we end up going birdering. Right. Yes. <laughs> oh man. Uh, so yes, we will go birdering. We will go birdering and become birderers. Birders. We become birders. Ones who categorize birders. <laughs> okay, well, to better understand the culture that we are studying, we must look into the terminology, which is mm. going to be tricky because the terminology primarily came about in Britain, mm. which means that it's going to be hellish. Yeah. Twitching is a British term used to mean the pursuit of a previously located rare bird. Hmm. So... So that's essentially geocaching, then. Yeah. With birds. They already know it's there. They already know what it is. They just, you know, want to go find it. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's all there is to it. In North America, we call it chasing because that makes more sense. <laughs> <sighs> Though the British usage is starting to catch on here as well. As it always does. No, I mean, Twitcher does make it a more unique sort of thing. You're not just chasing something then. Mm -hmm. Twitcher is a unique experience to birders. Mm -hmm. Not to bird watchers, though. (laughs) So if we see any birders twitching, Mm -hmm. then we know that they are birders. We can can categorize them into the subcategory homo sapien sapien birder twitchy. Twitch-A. Yeah, Twitch-A. Twitch-A, yeah. Twitch-A. 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 I don't know why that sounded so catchy. It <laughs> did. It sounded like, you know, snappy yeah, a little bit. British know what's going on. That's they not, do. Yeah. But although we, we can't make the mistake that some people do of using Twitcher as a synonym for birder. Definitely oh. have to make the distinction there. Okay. So that's why we have to label it like we do. Birder goes twitching. Precisely. So if we see a birder twitching... That's okay. Yeah. But we'll never see a twitcher burden. Right. Okay. Okay, so here's another term here. Um, when you go twitching, you travel long distances to see a rare bird, and you then tick that bird. That bird which, would then become ticked. Yes, which is essentially marking it off on your list of birds. So wait, to be a birder... As opposed to a bird watcher, you would have a list. You would compile a list, like a shopping mm, list, of right. birds to see in your lifetime. 
Right. And you would go hunting for them, but not like hunting as in not, killing. Not killing. Birding. You would go birding yeah. for them. Yes. You. Yeah, you make a grocery list of birds. Right. And then you chase or twitch. But don't them. hunt. Right. And then you tick them. Off the list because you got them, but you didn't right. get them to eat, even though we said it was like a right. grocery you list. You watched them. Right. But you're not a bird watcher. You're, you're a birder. Okay. Now got that it. that's all cleared up. <laughs> this is some pretty confusing terminology here. I don't know. Ugh. Oh, so twitching is actually sort of a happy compromise. It emerged as a term in the 1950s under the uh, bird, birdist, birdist? No, British. <laughs> That's what that word is. Under the British bird watcher, Howard Medhurst. But apparently before that, there were several other terms, such as pot hunter, tally hunter, or tick hunter, that would also be used interchangeably with twitcher. So, I'm actually kind of happy that Twitcher mm. ended up being the victor. It yeah. sort of simplifies things. I think some. so. Yeah, because they had those terms in addition to Twitcher Chase. Which is just obnoxious. Yeah. I mean, today, you couldn't have any ornithologists on a college campus because they would, I mean, like, half of them would be pot hunters in a completely different sense. It just mm. wouldn't work. Like, the vernacular <laughs> isn't there to support it. Oh, wow. So... Um, apparently the most popular twitches in the UK have drawn crowds as large as 2,500 people. Wouldn't that scare the birds away? <laughs> yeah, you would think so. Hmm. But uh, apparently, um, a golden winged warbler is one that has drawn one of the mo- biggest crowds and it's native to North America, but it was seen in Kent, England. So it would have been very rare at that place. That's quite a journey for such a little bird. Yes, yes indeed. Must have stowed away on a ship or something. <laughs> I've actually seen a golden-winged warbler around here. Not hmm. too often, but you do see them. They're pretty cool little birds. It's just very strange to me that 2,500 people would gather <laughs> in England to see that one little bird. Yeah. So. No, I don't, I don't know um, if you... <laughs> would be into delving into Twitcher vocabulary, but there is a whole article devoted to it. Jesus. <laughs> uh, it's... Ugh. Oof. Uh, <laughs> hmm. All right, I'm just going to confess I'm already there. I'm already there. We got to go there. <laughs> okay. Ooh, here we go. So amongst the birders, those who Twitch have their own set of jargon. Oh boy Not only do they have one list of birds That they have to tick off Some of them have life lists Lists which they are attempting to get accomplished Within their lifetimes Some of them have year lists Where they will go and try to accomplish Regional feats of bird uh, locating (laughs) However, some terms may be specific to regional birding communities and not all are used to, due to dialectic and cultural differences. Oh no, some of these terms. Okay, to burn up or flog is to beat around in the undergrowth looking for a bird. To beat around in the bush, so to speak. Yes. To Perhaps in that's the, a bird, to in the bush. <laughs> 
Hmm. A crippler. A crippler is a rare and spectacular bird that shows brilliantly, perhaps an illusion towards its preventing people from moving on. What? So it's so beautiful that your knees buckle and you basically become a cripple. You fall down on your knees and you say, oh, what a bird. Oh, no. <laughs> it's so beautiful. I can't go to work today. <laughs> I have to continue birding with this one bird. It has literally blocked my path. Oh, dear. There's also other terms, such as to dip out, to miss seeing a bird you were looking for, or to grip off, to see a bird which another birder missed, or to jizz, <laughs> the overall impression given by the general shape, movement, <laughs> behavior, etc. of a species, rather than a particular feature. Oh, my goodness. The, um... <laughs> Uh, or you could have a yank, a uh, bird <laughs> from North America, usually a fly to uh, a fly to rare migrants. Are they trolling us? <laughs> what is going on with this article? Okay. So could you, for instance, look for a yank and see a jizz? You could see the jizz of a yank, but you would probably have to grip off first <laughs> for it to happen. <laughs> to clarify, <laughs> that means that you may <laughs> you may get the generic impression of a bird from North America, but that would of course entail that you had missed seeing it first. <laughs> and that was, we were using the terms correctly there. That yeah, was that was that entirely is... applicable. <laughs> <laughs> bird watching. That, those are that's this is bird watching we're talking about. This here. is bird watching. I don't know where your minds are or ours, <laughs> but, <laughs> but we're talking about birding here. Dang it! Oh man! And I, I see here that mega or megatick means a very rare bird, but I thought that a twitch was the rare bird. Or is twitching just looking for rare birds? Twitching is the act of looking for rare rare birds, but a mega or a mega tick is a very rare find. Mm. When you have a tick, it is something that you have accomplished, right? So if you accomplish a very rare sighting, mm. then that's a mega tick. And I guess they just kind of were like, oh, well, let's just lob off the tick part and ta-da, mega. Mm. Quick unsighted etymologies. It's what I do. <laughs> wow, this is this was uh, a revelation here. Quite a few interesting terms. They have a term called Cybe, just for birds from Siberia. <laughs> there can't even be that many birds in Siberia. Isn't that place like mad cold? Yeah, 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 it is. Wouldn't birds, you know, freeze to death? <laughs> A lot. <laughs> well, that's kind of why they migrate to warmer climates. I guess so. I guess if it's coming from Siberia, when Siberia gets, you know, really crazy cold, then that's probably where the term comes from. Hmm. Hmm. Oh, it says, though, usually applied to rare migrants. Ah, so it doesn't necessarily need to be from Siberia. Mm hmm Though, it just needs to be rare. Right. And a migratory bird. Yeah, they only have some terms for only a couple different countries. Like for... Oh, wait, never mind. I was looking at this one said in Australia, but it 
It's a term that is only used in Australia. For already seen or common birds, it's called a chook. Aha. I don't know. For some reason, that word just sounds like some kind of slur. It does sound vaguely racist. I don't know why. It, I mean, it, obviously it's not since it's talking about a bird, but right, it just but has that weird sound to it. Yeah. I don't like it. I don't like that word. <laughs> I don't like a lot of these. Yeah. Bird watching is very strange. Well, okay. I guess specifically twitching is strange. Yeah. I mean, the we fact can't, that... We, can, we have to separate the twitchers from the birders and the bird watchers. Right. The birders and the bird watchers... Well, the twitchers are a sub a subdivision, a subfamily right. of birders. Right. But birders and bird watchers are two separate families altogether. Mm-hmm. And that's the careful differentiation here. So. I can't believe that there's a link to Life List. Why would there be a link to Life List? I don't know. I mean, it's Is that pretty self-explanatory. Yeah, it's a list that you want to accomplish the seeing of in your life, right? Yeah, I mean, I I would think it'd have to be a stub. I'm just going to pop over and check. Yep, it's a very, very short stub. Okay. Okay, that's That makes good. me feel better. Yeah. <laughs> At least then, there's not more to be said about it. But speaking of things that are, you know, needing uh, saying more about them, I don't know if we need to say much more about the various... Uh, vocabulary terms for <laughs> twitchers yeah maybe we should move elsewhere well we could go to specific birds or we could go to regions like north america or siberia or we could go to county or we could go to posh <laughs> or jargon or jargon i guess i should say where posh is at in the article. Dude is a term in the Twitter community where a posh bird watcher who doesn't really know all that much about birds hmm. is uh, the person that you are with. <laughs> so <laughs> if you called somebody a dude in the bird watching community, you are insulting them in some way. Mm-hmm. You're calling them somebody who has too much money and too much time on their hands and not enough knowledge <laughs> in their brains. Now, and this is specifically a Twitcher term, too. So it's a Twitcher term about a broader bird-watching person. So, in other words, Twitchers who are birders could use the term dude to insult a birder that they feel is lesser than they, or a bird watcher, depending on the situation. Yes, I believe so. So, a trait within the family bird watcher is that they like to spend time degrading one another and insulting one another mm. at the expense of their fellow family members. <laughs> okay, that sounds pretty pretty par for the course. Yeah. It's a trait, distinguishes them a little bit more from Homo sapiens sapiens. Mm-hmm. Well, where do you want to go from here? Well, let's see. If we review the options, I really don't want to f- talk about more mm. birds. Yeah. I don't want to talk about North America or Siberia. I already live in a county. I know what that is. I'm thinking I'm down I'm down to two things. And it's a flip of a coin here. Jargon or posh? Mm. One of those. Yeah, let's go posh. Let's be posh. 
Whoa. Mm, interesting. <laughs> as soon as I jumped to Posh, my uh, zoom went into 175%. <laughs> I don't know why. It changed my zoom as well. It just wanted me to be like, Posh! I just wanted <laughs> it to explode all over the page. Oh, okay, it's derived from the Romani term Posh, which is the exact... <laughs> um, word, uh, but also that is translated to half. What? <laughs> half. Either because posh karuna, half a crown, is used metaphorically to anything pricier upper class, or posh huri, half penny, became a general term for money. So basically, posh is the term for like upscale kind of upper class people but it is a term that is apparently used or started out being used primarily by thieves mm. to describe the said affluent people makes sense yeah yeah they need to let other thieves know or you know hey this person's got money hey they're loaded <laughs> And it was a thing that sort of remained uh, in kind of a shroud for a while as far as terms go. Mm -hmm. It says that uh, in an excerpt from an 1888 publication called Page's Eavesdropper, there's a quote saying, They used such funny terms as brads, dibs, and mopuses, and posh. <laughs> At last, it was born in upon me that they were talking about money. So it was very <laughs> successful using these terms to uh, sort of hmm. uh, kind of obscure the fact that they were talking about uh, rich people right. who they were going to hit next. This has something I've never seen before, which is a pronunciation with a little audio clip. Ooh, that's a fun feature. Let's listen in. Posh. 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 I like it. Yeah. It feels very posh to say. <laughs> and although it is generally used to just m mean somebody who has a lot of money, it also has kind of become a term for people who are snobbish or materialistic or that kind of thing. Also, there's a popular folklore about how this term came about that we should take the time to denounce to anybody who may be listening. Hmm. Apparently, some people described how posh came about as a term by way of using the acronym Port Out Starboard Home, describing cooler north-facing cabins taken by the most aristocratic or rich passengers traveling from Britain to India and back i.e. on a boat. However, there is no direct evidence for this claim. Mm. Posh is explicitly from the old Romani term regarding money. Mm. I guess it sort of makes sense. I'm sure there were some uh, sort of gypsies, if you mm -hmm. will, that moved about Europe from south uh, southeastern Europe, where Romania would be today, right. that probably took some of these terms with them to Britain when they moved there. And mm -hmm. that's kind of how these terms were heard and then adopted into the criminal vocabulary of the day. Mm. There's an entire list 
of anagrams. <laughs> They're all articles. <laughs> Did you know that posh anagrams to shop? Or hops? Or hosp? Or O-H-P-S? <laughs> or sof? Wow. Posh oh. doesn't just mean rich. In Maricopa, posh is cat. Hmm. And in Romani, noun is dust. And there is an alternative form for posh in Romani that says push. <laughs> well, where should we go from here? Well, there is a link for folk etymology, which could be interesting. There is also a link for dandy <laughs> and snobbish, stylish and prejudiced. Oh, um, oh, I should note that we have jumped over to Wiktionary. Oh, whoops. The term posh has brought us to Wiktionary. Oh, no. That could Wikipedia. be why we have jumped in Zoom. Uh, um, oh, no. We violated the terms of our agreement. Oof. Can we? This is rough. How do we get back? Oof. How do we get back? Uh, hmm. Ooh. Okay. Romani jumps back to Wikipedia. Okay. Um, no wonder that we that was so strange that so many <laughs> words had links to them. <laughs> We have to look, f just look for wor any words that link back to Wikipedia. Okay. Looks like Romani might be our only option. I think all the other ones are just words. Armenian. Armenian gets us there. Armenian. Armenian. Down in uh, hmm. Romanian etymology. Well. Romani language gets us there. But yeah, it looks like everything else takes us to hmm. wrong places. <sighs> Well, I'm glad that I noticed that. Before we went any further, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I feel disingenuous now. Mm. We've betrayed our beloved Wikipedia. Yeah. Well, um, I don't know. We could go with Armenian. All right. At the very least, we can use it to jump to a better topic here. Okay, so Armenian was our way into Wikipedia. We're back. <laughs> Now, since we have no vested interest in Armenia other than it being <laughs> our way back to Wikipedia, we can just disregard it. <laughs> and yeah, Armenian language is the official language of Armenia. There you go. That's, that's all you <laughs> need to know. That's it. <laughs> I mean, it only has six million native speakers, so I mean, chances of you actually encountering somebody who speaks Armenian is mad low. Let's just, you know, forget about this for right now and move on. This does have a lot of links. That Hopefully they are to Wikipedia articles, not Wiktionary articles. Yeah, one thing Wiktionary can't define? Armenian genocide. Hey, more persecution. Okay, fine. I get the point. We've done that too much already. <laughs> fine. We'll look, look into something else. Hey, I'm always okay with a good genocide. So I mean, it's an option. It's an option. It's always there for us. Everywhere you turn, there seems to be a genocide, so we can always, always go that route. So maybe we shouldn't this time. I don't know. I don't think we're going to get... A, another um, persecution of peoples as interesting as hurdy-gurdy players that are blind. And I, I agree. I think that was probably the epitome of that entire genre of Wikipedia article. Mm -hmm. But we can always hope. We can we always can. search and try out articles. Could go to apostrophe. There's a language about the apostrophe? There's an article about apostrophe. I said language, didn't I? <laughs> yes. Yes, oh. it did. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, yeah, we can go there. We can go there for sure. 
The C also section does not provide much of anything. Hmm. So I'd be okay with with that. Though I will I will make a note there is a link to an article for breathy voice. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, let me see where that is. It's right above morphology. There is indeed an article about breathy voice. <laughs> Is I don't that know. It? I, I think let's go there. All right. Yes. Also called murmured voice, soughing, and susurration. Breathy voice is a phonation in which the vocal cords vibrate, as they do in normal voicing, but they are held further apart so that a larger volume of air escapes between them. This produces an audible noise, a breathy voiced phonation. Not actually a fricative, as a literal reading of the IPA chart would suggest. Hmm. It's a shame that there's no audio to, uh, you know, kind of provide an example. I'm sure that we could provide some examples from another source. We'd have to just simply, again, step outside of the realm of our beloved Wikipedia. Hmm. True. We could take a guess at what it is. Well, it describes it here. Definition. It describes it here. All the vocal cords apart. So that they are lax, as they are for H, but to increase the volume of airflow so they vibrate loosely. So in English, the sound of H between vowels. That's that's the... Um, yeah, the H... Yeah, that would be the... Uh, I guess the form that you want your vocal cords to get into is when you're saying H but then you also want to vibrate like uh, what <laughs> what are we trying to do here <laughs> Eric why 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 are we doing this I don't this? know John I think this might be pretty boys is that a pretty is that a pretty <laughs> it's supposed to be voluminous. It's supposed voluminous. to yeah have sound. I'm losing <laughs> all traction on my vocal cords here. But I mean, then again, I'm not an expert on breathy voice. I just know what it says here, so I'm as much in the dark as you are. Okay. So I'm also just guessing. But hmm. well, let's see what languages employ this method. Um, looks like Hindi. And also Futhi, Zosa, Zulu, Ndebeli, and Swati. Ndebeli. 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 <laughs> that's, that's a fun name for a language. <laughs> well, also makes an appearance in Punjabi. Oh, okay. So we have a pretty broad palette here. We have it appearing in both Indian and in African languages. Mm -hmm. It says that it also appears in Portuguese. Vowels after the stressed syllable can be pronounced with breathy voice. Hmm. <laughs> Under C also there is a link to creaky voice. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, not exactly sure what that would be in regards to language. 
I'm curious. I mean, yeah. I have an idea, <laughs> but my idea is more like Tom Waits. I don't <laughs> see entire nations or entire languages talking like Tom Waits. So. Yeah. Well, let's go and see what it is. All right. Um, some kind. Oof, this one has a longer name here. Sometimes called laryngealization, pulse phonation, vocal fry, or glottal fry. Hmm. So this is where the arytenoid cartilages in the larynx are drawn together. Sounds easy enough. Yep, and following that, everything gets all nice and compact in your voice box, and so everything vibrates at 20 to 50 pulses per second, about two mm -hmm. octaves below the frequency of their normal voicing, and the airflow through the glottis is very slow. So I'm pretty sure you hit it right on with that Tom Waits thing. It's right. <laughs> That's what it sounds like. This. If you got craggy eyes, you going real slow. My throat's all packed down, and <laughs> everything coming out is really not using that much air. <laughs> oh, okay. Creaky voice has been reported to be prevalent in American English Tom Waits. in the Pacific Northwest. Tom Waits. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Spreading across, it has been reported that use of it has been spreading among women across the United States. Women? Are we talking like Emma Emma Stone type creaky voice? Is that what they mean? Maybe. See, I would have thought women would have um, employed breathy voice more. Like, obviously, but, like Jessica Rabbit type things. Like right. From but is that really breathy voice? Ooh. See, because we're hmm. thinking of these terms in a way... That we Base. are used to, yeah, but not in the Academic official, yeah, sort of context, scientific terminology kind of way, right? So, yeah, I mean, it would make sense that maybe what we have been associating with breathy voice has actually been creaky voice all along, hmm. because I don't hear a lot of escaping H noises from right. a lot of people, but I do hear sort of. A slower, more deliberate kind yeah. of uh, creakiness in a lot of people and their voicings. Sort mm -hmm. of, I I kind of affiliate what I hear from creaky voice with kind of like a smoker's voice almost. Oh yeah, like that sort of thing. Or even maybe like um, a lot of Southerners. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They have that kind of slow drawl to their language and. Speaking. Well, I guess uh, maybe this is a good article to end on. Creaky voice. All right. Yeah, so there you have it from Buffthalmum salicifolium to creaky voice. If you enjoyed this, please visit facebook.com slash podcast and give us a like and follow. And head over to iTunes and rate and review us. It all helps to spread the word and get us popular in the realm of podcasts. Yeah. And you can also find new episodes on our website, twc.ericturibio.com. And um, also check out our neighbor podcasts, Enter the Critic, where they review movies in theaters and on Netflix. And then Ninjas vs. Podcast, where they take user-submitted matchups and figure out a winner. 
And I'd also like to thank Louis Armstrong for our theme song and Kansas Joe for our outro song. Lastly, our totally true fact for this episode is that duct tape was originally made out of ducks, believe it or not. So thanks again for joining us. I was Eric. And that was John. And this was the Wikipedia Chronicles. You know that ducks, it's duct tape, not duct tape. Yeah. Yeah, I, but I'm, I'm just saying. Ducks, ducks they, they used to fix ducks first, so they made it out of other ducks. Yeah, they, they needed to make it out of ducks to fix other ducks. Got it. Because, and, you know, they developed it to be watertight. Right. So they tested it on ducks, right. used it on ducks, yeah, made ducks, it from ducks. Ducks are in water, yeah. By ducks, for ducks, because on ducks. ducks. I like it. All right. Yeah. That makes sense. That yeah. makes sense. And then it transferred to ducks. From it's ducks to ducks. From ducks to ducks. <laughs> that. Why can't we make that an episode of Wikipedia? Ooh, that would from be a duck, good one. If we ended up with ducks, <laughs> we have to go to ducks or vice versa. Yeah, that's true. From ducks to ducks. Well, yeah. If, if that ever comes up, we will make sure that That happens. needs to happen. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Are you?